Welcome to another episode of The Music Guys, a podcast about a couple of guys making a living in the music industry. My name is Al Rowe. I'm a singer, songwriter, record producer, guitarist, uh, general general music person. Um, coming at you from the East Danforth, the city of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. My co-host, Mr. Michael Hebs is a guitarist, vocalist, composer, producer, educator, good-looking dude. Coming at you from Etobicoke, Ontario. My friend Michael, how are you? You're getting up there, man. That you was got a very, up there on that one. Yeah, I really tried to go high on yeah. that intro. I think it worked. I, I think uh, yeah. the bar has been set for future. I think I broke some broke some windows in the house here. Like yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about uh, mix templates, templates, templates. What do you know. say? How do you pronounce that word? I'm not a word? man who's good with saying words. I hear a lot of people say template. Template. I feel like that's more of like an American. Template. But template sounds a little template. too. It's like bagel versus bagel. Right. Bagel. Yeah. I'm going to go with template. Probably. Yeah. Um, I had a friend who pronounced Gatorade, Gatorade, when I was a kid. And we actually got into a, a fight G about it. With a G on the end? Gatorade. Like, like a gator's egg. Oh, that's, well, that's just uh, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not well, what it says on the bottle. I at know. All. Yeah. Uh, so you set him straight, eh? Uh, well, we're, we're no longer friends. So. Okay. Yeah. Sent him home with a couple of, couple of bruises. That's exactly it. We <laughs> solve our problems with violence on this right. podcast. Well, I mean, it was the 90s. You know, what else? Is yeah, this is true. Yeah. See you at the three o'clock at the flagpole, you know. I've never been in a fight, so. No, you know. me neither. Talking tough here. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm a lover. Lover, not a fighter. Um, we're talking about templates, specifically my mix template. And... Uh, how to use them, why to use them, what's in them. Um, and uh, hopefully this will help you in your journeys on DAW software such as Pro Tools, Cubase, Reaper, Logic, whatever else. Mm. Uh, again, I can only really speak from a Pro Tools. Oh, Ableton. Can never forget it? Forget Ableton. Um, I can only really speak from a Pro Tools standpoint. That's, that's the software that I use, but I'm sure a lot of this stuff um, translates to whatever software you use. Um, so before we get into that, we'll remind you that you can support this show by spreading the good word, telling your friends, maybe posting about it on social media, tagging at Music Guy Podcast, maybe um, you know, sending us a, 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 an email. We love it when people reach out oh, with questions or, right or send us original music that they want us to feature on the show. We, we love to do just that. Reach right around so, and pat us on the tummy. Just yeah, so just just reach around and send us some questions or some music. Uh, we would love to to help you out with those. And uh, of course, five star reviews, subscriptions. If you want to hit subscribe, it doesn't oh. cost any money. It just lets the podcast world know that you like us, and it lets you know when we release a new show. So you can always hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you're using. Um, all these things help as well as checking out patreon.com slash music guy podcast. If, uh, you think this show's worth a buck, 
you can toss us a buck and we uh, we always appreciate that as well. So, mix templates at the base level these are just a tool to make your life easier. Sure. Right? So I use templates all the time in all kinds of different, you know, uh, capacities. Um, even from something like, you know, or, or like a resume template or something. That's kind of a boring 100%. one, right? But like yep. you want to start with something, right? You don't want to start from scratch on something like that. Um, a recording templates, you can pull in you know, the same session um, to start with, especially if you're recording a band, multiple songs or whatever. Um, And then, of course, mixes. um, There's a bunch of different ways to do this. You can... uh, Pro Tools has an option to uh, import session data, and that can be a useful way to get yourself started or actually um, impose a template onto the tracks that you already have. So if you've got guitar, bass, drums, you can pull in guitar, bass, drum settings from a previous session and they will actually sort of overwrite all the plugins and and, and you can choose the volumes and all this stuff um, for your current tracks. So for this podcast, I have a, I have a template. I just import the tracks uh, from the previous episode and they just sort of come over top uh actually i'll just start a uh, blank session and just import uh the tracks from the previous podcast we did saves me loading all these plugins and remembering what the settings were settings and and the volume balances and all this stuff so it saves a ton of time so um it could be as basic as just as that you know a couple tracks um you know you may find yourself using the same plugins or similar settings all the time when you're mixing on different things. It could just be uh, it could just be your mix bus. It could just be a single aux track that you pull in that's got some plugins on it that you want to send everything to. Uh, or it could be a little bit more involved um, if you're and as you get more experience working on audio and mixing, um, and you find yourself like, oh, I'm always going for the same plugin on the kick drum, and I'm always going for the same plugin on the vocal, and I always want to send the vocal to a reverb, and I always want to send the guitar to a reverb. Um, you can, you know, just have a template with all this stuff in it, load it in, it's ready to go, save yourself a bunch of time diving through menus because the menu system in Pro Tools sucks, and yes, probably does. sucks in all the other DAWs <laughs> as well. Although it's gotten better now, they have a they yeah. have a search bar, but still. Oh, they have a search bar now. Fuck, they do. I get Pro Tools twelve. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, so even with me as a guitarist, right? So you show up to a gig, and I have six different boxes that have knobs on them, and I have a the the amplifier that has like six knobs on it, mm-hmm. and not until the last four or five years have I started like I take photos. Mm. of my tone um and then that way when i show up to a gig i have like a baseline right so it's consistently like oh i find this to be the right amount of brightness on this distortion the right amount of distortion on this distortion the volume is set so it's not boosting or cutting my volume uh and i have that for every single pedal and i have that for my amp uh and so it's just a way to you know learn from consistency because i can finish out the night and be like you know what, the Sir Riot, my distortion pedal, there's a little bit too much distortion on that. I'm going to notch that down a little bit. And then the next gig I can be like, ah, maybe that was too much. You know what I mean? So it's a right. way of like refining something as opposed to starting from blank. You totally. Know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and and that's absolutely like a great way to to work in in all sort of facets of music. You know, you don't want to be starting from from scratch every time. We're like, fucking professionals. Yeah, we need to be consistent. From, be consistent. Learn from uh, learn from your your past experiences. So so yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple main different methods of the mix template. Um, I guess like the worst one is saving plugin settings and and opening those sure. and I still do that Ugh. I I do save plugin settings um but it's not my main way of working yeah. like I don't have like cuz then I still got to pull up the EQ from the menu and then go into another menu and find my vocal setting and put that that's too much work um but it is worthwhile to save presets on your plugins uh, it doesn't take very long to do and like I I always regret not doing it because I'm like, oh, what did I do on that one tune? I pulled up a plugin I don't use very often and created a cool sound. I kind of want to, I want that again. How did, what did I do? It's nice to just be able to open up a menu and pull that up. But for stuff, the bread and butter stuff, there's two ways of doing it. The first is uh, using import session data um, where you just sort of pull in um, all of your tracks from the whatever the last song you mixed was you just pull them all in and then um either have them uh come into the session over top of the tracks that you have so i kind of already talked about this like you have a guitar the settings from the guitar of your last mix whatever it was could have been could, might be completely unrelated to this current song it just comes in and overlays over top of your guitar, or you pull that guitar track in and then you just move the audio onto that guitar track. Yeah. Uh, and now you've got the settings from your last mix. So for people that mix in one genre a whole lot, uh, that can be a great way of doing it because it's like how much, you know, how much differently are you going to treat a guitar from song to song if you're like mixing country every day? Yep. Pro- probably hard. You're probably hardly changing anything at all. Like the EQs are all the same. Maybe you're going to do like a little bit of a different cut here or there or whatever. Or maybe you just don't use an effect or whatever. But like if you're going to use a compressor and EQ on a guitar, it's probably going to be the same one uh, song in and song out because the genre is very similar, right? So why fight that? And then um, I guess I'll say this now as well is like don't also don't be afraid to move away from your template, which is something that I struggle to do. I, I, I have a brain that really likes things to be the same way all the time. I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And so I do have trouble getting creative sometimes and moving away from a plugin. Um, uh, but it's way faster to pull in all the stuff that you usually use and maybe take some stuff away than it is to sort of build from scratch every time, right? It's also a way so, to, to get to the creativity quicker. You know that's what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. It's like, okay, this sounds good. I pulled up this template and everything sounds good. Now can I get to like the fun stuff, you know? Yes, because sitting in menus is the worst yeah. and not creativity uh, inspiring at all. Uh, and in fact, yeah, the, like you're saying, the sooner you can have a, the the mix sounding reasonable, the sooner you can start to make decisions and the faster you can make those decisions uh, in terms of volume balances and 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 other things like that. Um so that's one method. The method that I use is 
uh, again, you use import session data, but my template, which I essentially just stole from Andrew Sheps and then sort of iterated on a little bit, is yeah. all aux uh, tracks, which don't contain any audio. They're just a place that you can send audio to, and then they send audio elsewhere. Um, so they're like a they're like a, a throughway, if you will, yeah. for audio to travel through. Um, so it's all auxes, and the beauty of this is the original tracks that you have in your session from when it was recorded or when it was edited or whatever don't get affected at all, right? You're just sure. pulling in new auxiliary tracks and you're routing your tracks to them as needed. So any plugins that were on these tracks, maybe they were cool. Maybe you don't want to lose those. No worries. They're not going anywhere. You can mute them if you want, but nothing's going to get changed when I pull in my template. I'm simply routing my tracks to the template as I see fit. You can almost think of it like a console. It's like I'm going to put the sure. kick drum tracks into the kick drum channel. I'm going to put the snare tracks into the snare channel. So I'll go over um, sort of how that works uh, right now. So sort of each instrument you can imagine just goes into a aux track channel that is for that instrument. So if I, if we've got like two microphones on the kick or maybe three, they all go into a stereo aux track. Um, mine is just called K. It's just the letter K because like, I don't know. I still want I know it's kick, so I don't didn't want to write sure. the whole thing down. You're really um, saving saving three letters. Saving letters, you know, saving pixels. So uh, saving frames, as it were. Um, Speed running? Yeah. Yeah, we are. That's what we're doing here. So the anything that's a kick drum goes into the, the K channel. Anything that's a snare drum, snare top, snare bottom, snare side, whatever, that all goes into the snare channel. Um, there's toms that go into a toms channel. And then I have a I have a channel called Kit where I'll put the hi-hat, the ride, and the overheads and any other symbols uh, go in there. And then I have a channel called Room where any room mics go. Um and so pretty self-explanatory, but again, just really nice to just have these. It's easy to quickly route the, the channels in there, um, and uh, and then you, you've got your plugins already on these auxes, right? So on, on the kick and the snare, I've got gates, I've got EQs, I've got a little bit of distortion, and these are things that I can turn on or off Um if I want them or if I don't want them and it's all right there, it's all preloaded. There's no menu diving. It's, you know, do I want this EQ or do I not? Yeah. It's a lot, there's a lot more binary decisions rather than sort of fishing around for EQs. It's like, you know, how often do I change my, my kick EQ or my snare EQ? Like not very often. Yeah. Um, or I'll just move one knob a little bit, you know, here and there. So there's no reason to, again, start from scratch. Um, and I don't know, should I mention which plugins I'm using or do you think people care about that? I feel like, you know, maybe the, the, the outliers, you know, the ones yeah. you really like. So You were yeah, all about, you were talking about, not all about it, but you, you brought up a cool thing of a turn in like something like a, the Pro Tools stock EQ into, no, sorry, the Pro Tools stock dynamic 
compressor into like other compressors, but mm. that's a that's a whole different thing. Yeah. What's like so, the, what is like the plugin that just it does a thing and you just think it's so cool? The plugin that does a thing and I think yeah. it's so cool. Um, I really like Lo-Fi. Like, yeah, Lo-Fi is is really dope. Uh, I've been into uh, what's it called here? I've got I've literally got my mix template in front of me. The Black Box Analog Design from Brainworks. It's a similar. It's like a lo-fi plugin. Yeah, it's got saturation. it's got a few different like distortion saturation knobs on it. It's it's dope. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, kick kick and snare, kicks bo- boosting 10k. Uh, this is like a this is the Sheps Neve EQ. So I just literally pulled up a kick preset. It's boosting uh, some 10k. It's boosting some 35. Uh, and it's got a high pass of 50. So that's a standard sort of happy face on the kick. Uh, the snare's got a similar thing, boost 220, boost 7K, and boost 12K at the top. So again, just just happy face curves. And then I've also got uh, like a stock EQ pulled up that can do whatever I need it to do. Usually I use it to make a cut for the kick drum to scoop it out if I want more of a, a tick, tick, tick kind of scoop sound. Yeah. That's easy to do. And then I'll just balance... The if it's multiple mics on the kick or multiple mics on the snare, I'll usually just balance them within that aux track. And then yeah, if I can't get the sound I'm looking for, I might have to split them up and treat them more individually. But sure. I try I do try to treat them as one instrument. And that's just the way that, that I find it to be sort of the the most straightforward. But I know, you know, everybody's got their own sort of vision on that, but I like to sort of treat each instrument as as one thing. Um, and then the toms are coming to their toms aux got a pull tech on it. Uh, it's another preset I just stole from Andrew Sheps. Didn't change it. It sounds dope. Boost. People are like against the idea of presets, eh? Which is yeah, so I think, strange. I think it's ridiculous. Me. I mean, I think yeah. I, I I think presets that you use often and you like understand how they work. I think that's brilliant. Like, why would you you know yeah. change that? But then also presets like. I don't know what to do. I'm just I, I want to spice sure. up this sound somehow. I'm gonna pull up this plugin I don't usually use. Oh, let me just fly through some presets and see what they do. Like, why would you not want to do that? It's great. Yeah. It just sort of sends you in certain directions. So so yeah, the Tom's boosting hundred, boosting five K, just again, just sort of hyping them up. Now are you doing you were talking about how you um what was the one you were getting away from? You weren't boosting as much. Yeah, I'm trying not to boost as much uh, top end on in general. Um, yeah. And part of that is like if you already have these auxes doing that for you, you're not going through every track and like pushing a bunch of top end. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of built right in. Um, but yeah, I do try to like aside from these um, preset – EQs that are boosting some top and some bottom. I try to cut first. Okay. When I'm working on a sound, I try to I try to make a cut before I'll make a boost. But sometimes you make a boost, you know. It's just you don't want too many tracks having boosts on them because it starts to just add a lot of like noise to your track. I find after a while can get a little fatiguing to listen to stuff with a ton of boost. But also, I mean, I, I like I don't. Do I know how these EQs work under the hood? Of course not. So it's like, the, it, the in theory, boosting something and then turning the volume down is the same as cutting something and turning sure. the volume up, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, like, 
whatever sounds good, but I do try to cut first and it I find that to work a little bit better than no fucking idea. I I think the reason though is that when you boot when you boost it's easy to fool yourself because it gets louder. So you're just like, oh that sounds better. When I crank 10k it sounds Oh level matching's so fucking important. Just so you have the compressor. Yeah oh this has more attack and I can hear the attack difference. Not that it's louder for sure. I so you you have to volume match so if you're cutting you're making it quieter, so you're trying to yeah. improve the sound, and you're also you can't fool yourself because it's getting it's getting softer. So I'll make the cut, and then when I think I'm happy with it, I'll push the level up a little bit on the output of the plugin to try to match it. Yeah, uh, if I feel like I need to do that, and then when you can bypass it in and out and hear what it's doing. But yeah, I just feel like boosting. You can fool yourself, um, so just be careful. I have that. no idea how an EQ accomplishes what it accomplishes. Like obviously in the plugin domain, no fucking idea. But in the analog domain, how, how do you change the? How do you cut something out of a sound? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You're, it's fun. it's but it's it's using phase and stuff to split a signal into different frequencies and then amplifying or opposite of amplifying um, those frequencies. Yeah, it's, it's it's, it's magic. UBK on. We live in an incredible time. We you do. We everything do. is magical. Everything just works. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah. So the kit, my or the kit channel and the room channel for the drums, I have um, just just an EQ on there that I'll be, I usually like. Honestly, just high pass the, the heck out of the kit mic because it's all the cymbals. Sure. Um, don't often in the music that I mix want anything below like four or five hundred hertz in there, but. I have that option. The plugin is already loaded, so I can choose where I want that that high pass filter to be. Yeah, it's very easy because the plugin's already there. Uh, and then sometimes I will um, tame a little bit of like high, super high stuff, like six K, seven K, nine K. Sometimes the symbols are really stabby in the ears around those areas, so just little little cuts there. Or I'll use like a dynamic EQ to uh, tame those a bit. And then I do have a compressor on here as well just to control the snare that comes through sure. on the, the kit mics because i find that as you turn up the symbols as you turn up this kit channel which has all the symbols in it you're going to get a lot of that snare sort of ta 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 and sometimes it gets a little too much um so having a compressor that's just sort of tackling that um is it like past so it doesn't detect the symbols as much. Exactly, it's, just, it's not oh, compressing okay. when the symbols are hitting. It's just I compressing see. the snare hits. That's cool. So it's it's doing sort of the traditional job of a compressor, which is to control the level. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that you don't get too much of that snare coming through. So I do find that to be helpful. Um, yeah. So that's sort of the drum, and then the drums. Um, there's some other interesting stuff happening with the drums. There's some parallel compression. Um, so. The kick and snare channels are going to a kick and snare compressor as well, and that's a, a DBX compressor, four to one ratio. Uh, it's compressing, you know, five five ish dB on them. Um, and I don't know what the attack on this is. It's just a standard attack for this compressor. It sounds really good. Um, and then I've got uh, a snare reverb happening. Uh, I've got a tom reverb, and these are just sort of settings that that I have up that sound really good. And you can 
again, they're, they're it's already preloaded. Everything's pre-routed. So you just, as soon as you uh, send the snare tracks to the snare channel, they've also got reverb. They've also got parallel yeah. compression. Everything's right there. You can move these things up and down or mute them or whatever if you don't want them. They're there for you. Uh, and then there's a crush channel, which is another parallel compressor. It's a Fairchild. Uh, it's mixed a little bit lower. Um, and uh, the whole drum set goes to that. Kick, snare. Uh, actually, not the toms. Kick, snare, kit, room, all going there. Uh, and then there's a dirt compressor. This is a, another one that's just from the chef's template. Oh, uh, you okay. Can, you can get it on Pure Mix. You can get it on Mix of the Masters. Um, said if you send me an email, I'll send you my template, which is again I've made some modifications, but it's all kind of there. Um, and the dirt is like a it's a distortion and a compressor, so it's adding some like some bite. Uh, oh. And this is one that you kick in for the choruses just to make the drums sort of sound bigger sure. uh, in the choruses of your tune. So, and it's mixed in, it's very subtle. It's a minus 18. It's very, very to nice. someone who doesn't like no mixing at all or hasn't experienced it. It's like, man, to sit down with a mix engineer and hear, you know, with or without these things, it's like so cool. Yeah. It, 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 it's and there's so many different ways to do it and yeah. even like this workflow is it's it's a little bit on the convoluted side especially the i mean the drums are always the most complicated because there's just so there, many of them so many different instruments working together and so many microphones on them right but um i mean parallel compression uh you know having three parallel compressors one of them being part distortion coming from the drum kit like it's very it's convoluted. Uh, I'm used to working with it. It doesn't yeah. need to be that way, though. Like, you can no. just have... The bare know, bones. I think if you just had your kick, snare, toms, and then the rest of them going to different, you know, faders, uh, different aux faders, and have the plugins you like to use on those, even that's a great starting point, right? Yeah. Just just sort of trying to work in a way where, where when you fire up your session, something is there and you're just saving yourself some time, that's all that you, you need to worry about. Um, so what it, it's all about whatever makes your workflow easier. There is no perfect template. It's just you're just sort of saving your workflow in a way that you can easily open it up and, and do. So yeah, I think and like saving, saving your energy for like the creative stuff. Totally. The fun stuff. So I think, you know, you know this method of having these, these preset – aux faders up and just routing your tracks to them is is sort of is the way to go um and so all of these drum channels including all this parallel stuff is all going then this is something that i i proudly added in myself here to this template they're all going to an aux uh way down at the bottom of my template called drum stem and i'll get to the to what the stems are for a little bit later um so uh, next thing is bass. I just have one aux track. It's called Bass Bus. So if there's if you know if your bass player played with the multiple mics or maybe they, they split off a pedal that's distorting a little bit, you can just sure. send all those tracks to your bass bus, and it's just got an EQ and a compressor on it. Uh, the compressor is the uh, Klanghelm MK1. The preset is Go To Bass Comp, and I just. It's the go-to bass comp, so I I use it. Who are you to question it? Yeah, 
And uh, the EQ is a uh, high pass at 70 and a low pass at 8K. And I never touch these at all, but you could there you go. if you needed to. So that's It's also nice because you work with generally the same guys. That's um, true. Yeah, I mix I tend to mix, you know, the Agenda Boys of course. So I I these that's that's a great point. These settings do reflect um, what's been working for, for but also stuff. the idea that y- you can get away with this a little bit more where it's like oh yeah i know what mark's bass sounds like mm-hmm. and what he wants it to sound like and what i want it to sound like i know that will sound shitty and you know i'm just gonna <laughs> put him really quiet in the mix yes. yeah. um will hebs yeah. uh, don't ever hire him <laughs> uh, especially don't have him as your brother he's the worst um so that that bass bus is going to a bass stem track at the bottom of the session. Um, guitars, I don't have anything. And I was thinking, actually, today I, I was walking the dog. I was like, maybe I would bring in some guitar auxes because um, I, I tend to end up creating them. So even yeah. if they're even if I don't use them, this is the beauty of templates, too, is you can have a bunch of tracks in there that you don't use yes. all the time. But they're there. So if you're like, I need a slap reverb. And you You've make a already quick decision. got one. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, no, don't like it. Just throw it on. Yeah. You're, you're not diving through menus. So I might actually add to my template some guitar auxes just because it's like usually there's a stereo pair of guitars playing chords in a song or whatever. I'm going to rev sure. to an aux and put the same shit on them that I put on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like why not just have that there? Yeah. Um, Save so, yourself some time. But I will sort of route all my guitars to guitar stem at the bottom of the session. Um I think I know where that's leading. And and these stems are just these these stem tracks are just blank aux tracks. No nothing on them. I rarely will move their volumes um and I will rarely put plugins on them, but sometimes it sometimes I do. It does allow you to add an effect to like today I was mixing a track and I wanted to put like a spacey reverb on the drums just for a second. So, I've already oh, got okay. that pre-routed. I don't need to go through the process of, of setting that up. It's already there. I just threw a reverb, automated it on the drum stem and it worked out well. So that's another thing. Uh, keys, same deal. I don't have anything for the keys. I just wrote them all to keys stem. Cause usually keyboards are, usually they don't need anything cause keyboard players are really good at shaping sure. their sounds. Might just, you know, high pass them a bit. Um, but uh, usually you need to treat them individually if you are going to treat them. So there you go. And then vocals. I got a lead vocal bus. So I just route the vocal track to this lead vocal bus. It's got an EQ that's uh, high passing. It's got an Arvox compressor that's just – and this this is something I will um, sometimes move around or sometimes I will increase – or decrease the volume of that original vocal track as it's coming in to meet the needs to, of the to hit the compressor yeah. harder or softer, right? So that that's usually the way I'll do it. Um, but usually I'm looking for like six, three to six dB of compressor compression from the Arvox. I made the same great. like mistake. I called it compression. Compression. Uh, it's great, great plugin for vocal comp Arvox. Compression. Um, compression. So that's a good one. I got a SSL EQ after that, boosting like 1 dB of 16K. So it's like barely doing anything. Um, I've got a DSer. That one, you do have to play around with the frequency to find the right one. Yeah. And that's kind of it. And then that, that vocal is going to the lead vocal stem. Again, this is a track at the bottom of the session. 
Uh, and it's got some parallel stuff. It's it's sending to an Aphex, which is um, oh. which is a, a plugin that sort of adds some brightness in a kind of fun and interesting way. So that's mixed in there, and it's also sending to another track called Spread, which is a uh, right now I have the Micro Shift from Sound Toys, which I you don't need to buy that. I think I got it for free somehow, on like a promotional thing. But you, can, I, yeah, I saw them coming. You can up send that, it yeah. to like any any kind of multi delay um, that really quickly uh, hits the left and then the right. It makes your vocal sound wider, and that's something that you can ride the fader on as as needed. Uh, it's really nice for helping a vocal sit on top of like a dense arrangement of like guitars and stuff without sure. turning it up super loud and having it feel like it's right in your face. Um, it can sit with the band, but still sort of have a nice um, sort of spread to it, which is why it's called spread. So all three spread. of those tracks are, are going to lead vocal stem as one sort of unit at the end of the day. Um, and then I've got that lead vocal bus sending to a reverb. It's sending to a delay throw, which I'll just activate when I want, um, a delay hit and it's sending to a slap so I can turn that slap. Uh, usually it's off. It's, it's by default, it's off, but it's mm -hmm. easy to turn it on if I need it. And those are all going to a stem called lead vocal effects at the bottom, uh, of the session. And I've got the same thing. Imagine all that stuff again, but for backgrounds, I got BG bus doing everything identical on its own tracks. And that's all going to uh, BG stem at the bottom and, uh, BG effects at the bottom uh, as well. So I've got all of these preset with the plugins and stuff, aux tracks that I'm putting my audio tracks into. And then those aux tracks are being grouped at the bottom of the session on these stem tracks, which um, are just blank aux tracks just to, to rev this audio through. Uh, but the one thing that the, the stems allow me to do is the rear bus. Uh, which oh, this if is the Chef's thing. If you've ever watched the Chef's stuff, the rear bus is is kind of his thing. Um, so basically what I do with the stems is all of the non-drum stems, so bass, guitar, keys, vocals, and vocal effects, um, they there's a send on each of those stems to this thing called the rear bus, which is yet another stereo aux with a compressor on it. Uh, and I'm using the Klanghelm MK2, um, trying to compress uh, two to one ratio, trying to compress no more than five dB on this one. Uh, slowest attack, almost fastest release. Um, and yeah, basically what happens is you send all the instruments that aren't drums to this compression compressor. So you're hearing them once through their, their main stem and then a duplicate of them through this compressor. So they're now twice as loud, um, which you got to be careful with that, but that's how it is. And then the vocal, the lead vocal is going into this compressor 12 dBs hotter than everything else. So the lead vocal is hitting this, this rear bus even harder. And what that does is whenever the lead vocal is singing, uh, it pushes down the volume of the other oh. instruments that are being sent to this compressor. So basically this is a somewhat 
convoluted way, maybe, or maybe ducking. a simple way of yeah, of ducking the instruments around the lead vocal. Um, Interesting. And it's it's in parallel, so it's not super noticeable. Yeah. Uh, and it's a low ratio, whatever. So if you were to just do this, uh, but not do it in parallel, um, and when I say in parallel, I mean like sending, having a send on these auxes to this compressor rather than just straight up routing them to it, uh, having a send so it's like a copy of them, uh, then it would be much more noticeable. But it's a, it's a nice sort of way to just make your uh, mix glue together in a nice way and, and, and feel like – Get some movement. Uh, it's honestly – yeah, it's, move, it's, it's automated yeah. mixing. Automation is, is. is the coolest thing about it's, mixing. It's, it's automatic is. automation. Yeah. Yes. Like you don't have to ride these things. It's doing it for you. Yeah. So that's the cool thing about the rear bus. And then uh, the rear bus, along with all the stems that I mentioned, is being sent to the mix bus, which is a stereo um, aux at the end of my session. That's where all the audio ends up. It's got an EQ rolling off uh, high-passing 40. It's got an SSL bus com- compressor. Uh, three to one ratio, or sorry, two to one ratio, three attack, fastest release. Um, and I'm just trying to hit that for no more than four dBs compression. Uh, it's got a Fairchild Waves plugin, uh, mixed in at 50%, not doing anything other than it's just on, just adds character. Uh, it's got the Sheps Omni Channel, uh, as a mid side EQ boosting. Boosting, what's it boosting? Maybe nothing? Or is this just, I don't know, I'm confusing myself here. I actually don't know what this plugin is doing. <laughs> I think, I think it's, I think it's mid-side boosting the, um, the highs, uh, like 8K. Getting but, some width. But I actually can't see what it's doing right now, so maybe it's doing nothing. Um, but the idea was that it was boosting the sides and there's a pull, pull tech, uh, EQ boosting, uh, hundred Hertz and 10 K a little bit of each. And that's, again, that's applied to the whole mix. So it's just going to prevent you from needing to boost highs and lows on everything. It's just yep. pre-baked in there. There's an Oxford inflator doing maybe nothing or maybe something, uh, as we've talked about in previous videos. Uh, and there's an L2 at the very end, uh, which is. Like the, the, th- the threshold is minus one and the out ceiling is minus 0.1. So it's really not doing anything. Uh, it's attenuating like maybe a dB of peaks sure. and you really don't want it doing any more than that or it's going to start to mess with your mix. But it will allow you to get the hotness in your mix so that it's nice and loud. And then finally, I have a... Um, well, I have a main fader tied to uh, – previously known as a master fader – tied to this mix yes. bus as well. So you can create one of those in Pro Tools and, and set it to mix bus. And what that allows you to do is gives you the option to uh, decrease the amount of level coming into your mix bus. If, if things are hitting it too hard, you have a built-in control right there just to sort of soften that. And then finally, I have a duplicate of my mix bus, which is muted – and everything is exactly the same, and the pans are switched. So the left pan is all the way to the oh. right, the right pan is all the way to the left. So I can swap to that one, 
at different times during mixing if I need to just I have sort a free of reset plug-in my plugin that does that. So set, reset you. my brain. Oh, there you go. So there's a plugin to do that. I can't so, remember what it's called though. Um, so that's the that's the mix template that I use. Maybe there's some cool ideas in there that help help for you. But even if your mix template is just a mix bus that you bring in and you send everything to that, and it just adds. Yeah. Some some juice to your mix with a cool EQ and some compression and some limiting. That's a great place to start. Uh, and then you can sort of start to recognize as you're using – you're finding plugins and settings and stuff that you like to use. You can start sort of building some stuff for maybe for your drums or maybe for your vocals or what have you. But uh, um, I just that's find the way that, that mine works. It's like if someone was resisting the idea of using a mix template, then – why do they use like a mix bus on every mix? There are just certain mm-hmm. things that you have on everything. You know what I mean? That you're going to like, it's hard to think of mixing a song without having a mix bus. Yeah. You know what That's I mean? Right. Like, so that in itself is a template. It's just, you're setting it up every time. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't you just have it in your template? Yeah. You know? I mean, I guess if you want to be super purist about it and you're like, well, I don't want to use the same plugins all the time, but you, but at least get the routing there. Yeah. So that you, you know, you, you like have this an easier is, time. This uh, is. Oh, and know. I, I sh- sorry, I should mention that yeah. with the stems. So again, okay, those stem yeah, tracks, because um, it just always comes up, uh, people want stems. Yeah. So I'll mute all the stem tracks and I'll have no sound coming through, right? And then I will unmute just the drum stem. Yes. Now yes. I've got only the drums. They're coming through all the. They're going to hit the mix bus. They're going to hit all that stuff. And I'll just uh, – I use commit because commit rules on Pro Tools. I'll just commit the mix bus. I will get a stereo wave file of just the drums, and I'll repeat that process for each uh, stem. Mm-hmm. So I won't give individual tracks. I could do that too, but then I'm muting and unmuting different tracks in the session, which is annoying. Uh, but I can do that as well if, if that's what needs to happen. But generally with stems, you're just giving groups – of instruments sure. so drums bass guitars keys vocals dry the vocal effects i like to separate those out because i think for like remixing and stuff people want to have the option to oh i see do their own vocal effects or or bring those in and then same with backups backups dry no effects on them and then the effects separated uh i think that's, that's clear nice to, to have that option so um, um yeah, I, makes the thing that i was going to say steps. is just to not use a mix template like at all and be like, I'm going to start it fresh. Like, just like something like a mix bus, I'm sure is a decades old technique. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. These techniques have been, you know, forged over decades of people mixing and being like, oh, this is what I generally do. And just to be each mix is completely different. It's kind of unrealistic, you know, like. Totally. And I think, you know, and it's the the opposite becomes true. Like you've been sort of saying this whole show is like when you have a template set up, you can be more creative. Yes. Because you're not struggling with the technical side of, of opening all these menus yeah. and routing everything and, and it whatever It just reminds else. me of like – I've said this before on the podcast is like there were mix engineers that resisted the idea of using compressors because mm-hmm. it's like cheating. Right. Uh, it's like, oh, I'll control my own dynamics. And it's like, sure, that's not the only thing a compressor does. You know, you're just resisting change. Now, that being said, the ones who are saying this probably were great mixers. It's just like they just oh, yeah. missed out on the opportunity to use 
Well, like, I mean, everybody's got the, everybody's got a workflow that works for them, but I I find They're wrong since, now. I since I've them. since I've you know uh, stole this template from Andrew Sheps and then <laughs> and then built in my own things, and I continue to iterate on it, right? Like as I find more things I need, I can add another aux with a yeah. different set of plugins on it. It's like oh, I'm always reaching for blah blah blah. It's like I'll put it in the template. Um, I've also got VCAs on here, which I'm not going to explain oh. on. On the podcast, I it, want VCA it, faders. It, uh, it's 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 a little honestly, I hardly use them at all. Um, I just wanted the option. It's now. more of a visual thing for me. At this also, point. Till, still, my mass my main fader is still called a master fader because I'm on an older version of Pro Tools. Yeah, so got to rename it. Past, rename it. You know, just rename it. Yeah, but but every oh yeah. In Pro Tools, though, when you make a new track, you have an option to make a master fader. Yeah. You can't change that. No, you can't change that. But once it's in the session, you know, just change it to make. Well, yes, I do need a template. I don't mix enough to have a template, though. The last thing I mixed was like. Yeah, but as you do more, you know, uh, stuff that you're producing, like start start oh, building yes. one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even if it's just pulling in the the song that you last did and just moving from there, it just saves so much time. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and lets you get to the the fun stuff, like we've been saying. So, um, that's all I got. That's all you got. Well, that that is very informative for me. I'm going to steal all your ideas and your clients. Yeah. Um, I'm going to charge two hundred dollars less. Uh, unfortunately, I can only play guitar. Uh, and Johnny can only play drums, so the other instruments just won't be on the track. There you go. Such is life. Hey, get what you pay for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for listening, everybody. If you have any questions, hit us up, musicguypodcast.gmail.com, at musicguypodcast on Instagram, at Our Music, at Mike Hebs. If you want a copy of my mix template, hit me up, shoot me a message, I'll, I'll send one to you. No worries. Um... Thanks for listening to the show. We love you. We'll talk to you very soon. Bye for now.